Hey everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guest is LaToya Matthews. She is an inner healing coach, author, and transformational speaker who specializes in helping women post-abortion break the cycles of self-sabotage. She does this via her one-on-one coaching program, Beauty for Ashes, retreats, and speaking engagements. Her ultimate mission is seeing more gems, which is what she calls the women in her community, healed and helping them redefine and rewrite the narrative of their lives after trauma. GEM is an acronym that means God's Extraordinary Masterpiece. Hope you enjoy today's episode. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. Latoya, I'm so excited to have you on the show today to share your journey. Um, This is probably one of the most taboo (laughs) and and controversial topics that have been, um, that has been covered on My Sentiments Exactly. Uh, But thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, I was so excited that you had reached out and wanted to, you know, share your story and also to uh, reach those that may have gone through similar experiences. And, no topic is off the table. So I'm so ready for our conversation today and just to hear your perspective. So today we're talking about finding beauty in the ashes of abortion. Um, And this is not just something that you are passionate about sharing just because, but it is something that you have actually experienced yourself. So if you would just take a few minutes to share your experience um, with abortion and leading up to everything that you um, do now to advocate and spread awareness? Yes, of course. Um, Well, back in 2003, I had just graduated high school and I was preparing for my freshman year in college. And, you know, I was just out in the streets like your grandmother says, you know, don't go out there and be fast. (laughs) And I was out in the streets being fast. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Um, I found myself um, in this rural, small rural town in Mississippi, because we're originally from Mississippi, and found myself sitting in the health department, hearing three words that probably no 18-year-old wants to hear at that time while they're preparing for college, you know, with the scholarship in basketball and the scholarship in tennis, mm-hmm. um, hearing those words, you are pregnant. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't even know what she said after that because I just kind of blanked out because I was like, what is happening, you know, right now? Mm -hmm. And so not really being or having a good relationship with my family or anyone 
you know, I just kind of made up in my own mind, there was only one thing to do, because I had so much that was going on, you know, and so much ahead, you know, for me. And so I made the decision to have an abortion, Mm -hmm. and made the appointment. And as I walked into the clinic, I went in with my head held down because I was like, I don't want anybody to see me. Not that anybody knew who I was anyway, but I walked in with my head held low because there were protesters outside, you know, protesting and everything. Mm. And, you know, just sitting in that place by myself, feeling alone, filling out that paperwork, you know, it's just one of the, you know, hardest things to do, especially when you don't have support for it. Yeah, And so I was in there filling out the paperwork, waiting for them to call my name to come in the back and, ha- and have the procedure done. And mind you, this was in 2003, so there wasn't really any pills or anything. So there was actually okay. a procedure to be done. And so after the procedure, they had me to wait in like a waiting room just to kind of, you know, let you rest after the procedure. And then immediately after that, I went school shopping. And I guess that was my way of putting it out of my mind, just to kind of put it in the, you know, the back of my mind to not really think about it. Mm -hmm. But that night I went to my cousin's house and I was just sitting on the bed and all of a sudden everything just came crashing down. Mm -hmm. And I found myself just thinking and just crying, sobbing, saying, what did I just do? Like, you know, how could you be so selfish? Like, why would you do this? And that night in 2003, for about eight, nine, eight years, every night I prayed and asked God for forgiveness because I was just like, man, this is just something that's probably unforgivable. And so being there, staying in Mississippi, and then in 2006, I moved to Georgia and started attending church. And my pastor had us to read this book by Lisa Bevere called The True Measure of a Woman. Mm. And that's kind of when my journey began. But it was like a long eight years of really feeling shame and being tormented by my thoughts, you know, just thinking that I was just such a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know it probably doesn't get any easier um, the more that you talk about it. Um, But I do appreciate you sharing Um, And so you, oh, wow. I, what was going through your head, you know, as you were filling out the paperwork, were you just so, I guess, anesthetized that you just didn't even want to let your thoughts kind of run when you were doing the paperwork, just kind of get through it? Or was it like difficult when you were filling out the paperwork? No, I just wanted it done. And honestly, between that time, I don't even know what happened. I just remember going in, getting the procedure and leaving because you, there's something that you don't really want to think about, right? Because you're already doing Mm -hmm. something that's kind of going against what you believe in anyway. Yeah. Um, But just in between that time, you know, I just wanted to get it over with. Got you. Okay. So I'm sure you have come across a lot (laughs) related to that journey. Um, since then, what would you say are the most common misconceptions and stereotypes associated with abortion, maybe that you saw firsthand? One of the biggest misconceptions is that you're in it alone. 
because when you do something like that, you immediately kind of go into isolation, you go into hiding, or, you know, you just put up this wall so no that nobody would know. Okay. And so, and it's like, you don't want anybody to know about mm-hmm. it. So you kind of think that you're in this alone. And one of the other misconceptions is, you know, I've heard women say, you know, they felt guilty for not feeling bad for the decision that they made. And so, and I, you know, you don't have to feel guilty for not feeling bad or feeling, you know, shameful that you don't feel that way. Got you. And so it's a misconception that everybody feels the same. Everybody feels the guilt and the shame of it, but not every woman does. Okay. I I can definitely see that. I've heard you know, maybe uh, there were dreams or maybe nightmares or maybe like the phantom kicks or, you know, things like mm-hmm. that, that I have heard from some people um, mentioning the aftermath. But like you said, not everyone's experience is the same. Not everyone um, feels the same way about it afterwards, during um, or even before. So I can definitely see how those are are common. So how did you find healing after after abortion and even just self-forgiveness I want us to really spend the duration of this episode talking about how you found okay because you know people may want to prevent abortion or there are like kind of things leading up to it but for those that have already had the abortion and it's like okay I don't need you to beat me up about what I did now I need to know what, where do I go from here? And that's really what I want this episode to focus on um, is not, you know, your view versus another person's view or what's right and what's wrong and what, um, you know, what one person believes over what another person believes. But for those that have already experienced abortion, have gone through it, what do you do after that? Right. And one of the things I always say, especially for my platform, is not pro-choice, pro-life. I'm pro you. It's all about you and getting you on your healing journey. And for me, my healing came the day my pastor introduced us to the Lisa Bevere book that I was speaking about, The True Measure of a Woman. Mm -hmm. And I found myself sitting in our master bedroom on our queen size bed with this book in my lap. And chapter two talked about cleaning out closets. And as I was reading through the chapter, you know, I was just like, man, this is really, you know, hitting me. And at the end of the chapter, she has some questions that, you know, that needs to be answered. And two of the questions really set me on my healing journey. And and it was just like, I know that it's time for me to start healing from this. Mm -hmm. And the first question was, what is it in your closet that you need to clean out? Okay. And I knew that it was like God was telling me it's time to get that stained piece of abortion out of the closet. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to really start dealing with this so you can begin, you know, to see yourself, see myself as God saw me, you know, to really get the healing that I need because I'm married, I have a child, and they don't deserve to have me just showing up depressed and, you know, Absolutely. still being in isolation and just putting up this wall when you know we're a family Mm -hmm. and that second question was what do you have to offer to someone else 
And I just started crying because I was like, I don't have anything else to offer to anyone. I don't have anything of value because this is, that's how I saw myself after the abortion, not being worthy, not, you know, being someone that could provide something to someone else because of my decision that I had made. Got you. And so we got together us, um, the women of the group that my pastor, um, had, and we got together and discussed the questions. And when it was time for me to say my answers, I was like, I really don't want to share this. I was looking down, not making eye contact with anyone, but then my pastor called on me. So, you know, I had to answer. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, told them my story about having the abortion and how I had this pain in my stomach from the day that I had the abortion and it was always almost kind of like a reminder to remind me of what I had done. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it was like a punishment. Mm-hmm. And so I told her that I had prayed every night from that day that I had the procedure for God to forgive me. And she said, God forgave you the very first time you prayed. Absolutely. And that was like what I needed to hear in that moment. And that very day that she said that to me, the pain in my stomach stopped. Wow. So it was almost just like me punishing myself. Absolutely. And it showed up in that pain. Yes, it showed up physically. Um, And so it was like that day is what started my journey to healing. And it's just so important to have that support system. And I'm so glad that my pastor was there to not say, you know, to criticize me or anything, but to be sensitive. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so important because it's, it's one thing to know about the love and the grace and the mercy of God, but it's another thing to actually hear it from someone else. Exactly. You know, and I think that's where we, we really have to learn to be empathetic. And like you said, sensitive. Because sometimes it's not enough for someone to just figure it out on their own, that God still loves you, that you still are enough, that you still are worthy. But it takes someone actually saying it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because I couldn't see what God was saying about me because, you know, of of the way my mindset was. So I'm praying and asking God to give me the same eyes to see what he sees mm-hmm. because I can't see it. But like you said, it takes someone else for you to really grasp it and to say, this is, you know, God does love me. He's waiting yes. for me. Yes. And I think another thing, you know, that I have learned is that people won't always be able to tell when something is wrong. And I think especially in the Christian community, it's all about discernment and it's all about, you know, picking up on things. But people won't always be able to tell when something is wrong. Sometimes as hard as it is, it's gonna take you opening your mouth and telling someone what is wrong. And so I think sometimes, and especially when you feel isolated, not just with abortion, but with anything, with any situation, you know, our natural tendency is not to to flock towards community, is to Mm -hmm. isolate ourselves. And, you know, in those moments, we don't feel like anyone understands or could understand. And it's just like, why won't they ask me if I'm okay? Why won't they check Mm -hmm. on me? Why aren't they praying for me? And it's like, sometimes it's going to take you actually speaking out about what is going on because we're all human 
even our pastors, even our leaders, even those that we look up to, our counselors, our therapists, they won't always just know. Sometimes we have to tell them. So I just admire your courage and, and your bravery in sharing about the pain and just seeing how the anxiety was showing up physically in your body. Sometimes the pain that we're experiencing is rooted in something psychological. You didn't feel forgiven and that was showing up physically in your body. Um, and I just think that's that's a powerful thing that you pointed out. Yes. And, you know, you just I hear women talk about it, too, where and where they talk about, you know, they're not able to conceive when they're trying to after the abortion. And like you said, because you're so hard on yourself and you haven't forgiven yourself, you mentally block. And it shows up physically by you not being able to conceive. Got you. And, you know, like you said, psychologically, if you think it more than likely it's going to manifest in your body. Got you. And, you know, one of the things that really had me, which I want to stress, you know, also one of the reasons I couldn't or wouldn't reach out to anyone is because I told someone and they told someone else. And so complete trust was lost. And so, so many times women sit in isolation too, because they don't know who they can trust. Okay. You know, with such a sensitive topic. Got you. Okay. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And this is what these conversations are for. You know, when, when you haven't necessarily been in the same shoes as someone else, you won't always get it. And for some people, it's as simple as just don't do it or just go such and such and such, you know, but when you're not in someone's shoes, you won't necessarily understand what, what they're in. And so for me, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, talk about it, share. And you just, you just pointed out sometimes it's, it's deeper than just sharing. Sometimes it's who you can trust. And especially with such a controversial topic mm-hmm. that is being protested over, that is dividing families, dividing dividing a whole bunch of, you know, groups of people. Um, So I can definitely see how mistrust can uh, keep people from sharing. Yes. And and that's why I have a 12 year old daughter and my husband was like, does she know what you do? Because I try to take my daughter with me wherever I am, whatever I'm doing so that she can kind of see, you know, what I do and to also, I just, want to have her around and so she she had she knows what I do and I think one of the things you know we have so many women in isolation is because we're not talking about it you don't have to normalize it but at least have the conversation to where I know that I can come to you and I want my daughter to be able to come to me whenever there's a situation and know that she has my trust I'm going to be sensitive because the same grace and mercy God showed me, I have to show her the same grace and mercy as well. And, um, you know, one of the things that she asked me and she, and it just touched me and, you know, my husband was like, Oh my gosh, she was, she said, well, if you would have had the other baby, do you think I would have been here? Mm. And I'm just like, wow. You know, at 12, year, 12 years old, you're, you're asking these types of questions. Yeah. And, and I honestly, I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. And so she said, well, I, I'm glad I am here. And I said, well, I'm glad you're here too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want her to know that 
no matter what the situation or what the topic is, that she has a mom that she can come to and we can talk about it. Absolutely. Without having to criticize or bash her and, you know, and say things that will push her away to not want to confide in me. Absolutely. And I love that. It's not that you are trying to normalize, but you are open to having the conversation. And that is what is most important. And I hope is a major takeaway from today's episode is that we're not saying normalize abortion. We're just saying be open enough to even have the conversation. And I I think that's so important. I'm so glad that you brought that out. Were there any other ways that you would tell someone to find self-forgiveness, to find healing? One of the ways to find self-forgiveness is, you know, really finding peace, take accountability, you know, with everything that's involved. Mm -hmm. You know, your procedure may have been prompted by someone else you may not have had a say so you know in 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 doing it you might have wanted to keep it but you were pressured to do it okay and so one of the ways you know to find self-forgiveness is you know taking accountability you know just kind of telling yourself well I, I allowed this to happen I allowed this person to pressure me but going forward I get to make the decision for myself yeah. You know, you can't go back and reverse what's done, but you can prevent future. You know, Absolutely. you can dictate, you can control what happens next. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Finding peace, maintaining accountability mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just really realizing, OK, like you said, I can't go back. But where, where do we go from here? Yes. Um, where do we go from here? Yeah. So speaking of that you specialize in in helping women post-abortion break the cycles of self-sabotage. You are an inner healing coach, an author, and a speaker, Um, and you have your one-on-one coaching program called Beauty for Ashes, and you do retreats and speaking engagements. Um, Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Um, Yes. Well, um, last year I wrote my first devotional. It's a 31 day devotional journey, a journal called Discovery. Mm -hmm. And I was scared out of my mind (laughs) (laughs) Um, because, you know, I'm still healing as well. And, you know, as God pulls back layers, but if I would have waited till I was completely healed, you'll never be completely healed. But if I would have waited, then I never would have become an author. Mm -hmm. And, so did that and now this year starting the beauty for ashes program it's a it's a program to provide a roadmap for women as they begin their journey to healing and we go over um i offer an eight week and a four week pro um program and so within the eight weeks in the four weeks we go over peacemaking that's the first part making peace with it, you know, releasing the burden of the past so that it no longer weighs you down. Okay. And the second part is pattern breaking, being able to recognize those negative thoughts and begin to break them, you know, make what I want to say, um, just really recognizing them and then dealing with them. Got you. 
And so the third part is permission to dream, because when you've gone through something traumatic, you automatically think that your dream ends there, that you're not, some people think that they're not worthy enough to fulfill whatever dream it is that they have on their hearts. So we go through the permission to dream to bring that up again and to really envision what life could look like for you. Yeah. Once you get your healing. And the fourth part is the power of habits and creating those habits that really support the vision that you've created for yourself. I love that. I think it's like an encompassing thing. It deals with the person. It deals with how to move forward, your dreams. Okay, let's imagine something new now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exactly. very practical in nature. I love that that program, Beauty for Ashes. Um, and you call the women in your community gems. Yes. What does that stand for? And where did it come from? It was actually a download from God because uh, I was like, what could I, what could be a name for the women in my community? Mm-hmm. And GEMS is an acronym for God's Extraordinary Masterpiece. And I say gem because when you think about how gems are made, they're in dark places. Okay. And so many women, we go through so many dark times in our lives and we're in those dark places. But when the gem handler, God, gets a hold of us, he brings us out of those dark places and begins to shape us into something so extraordinary. And, you know, each one of us, made up differently no gem is alike right even though they may look alike but no gem is alike there's flaws and there's certain cuts to them and so for and what he showed me was each woman has gone through something different in their lives and one may be a diamond one may be a ruby one may be a sapphire but they're still his gems that he's shaping to shine in the earth absolutely i love that so much i think that's it's so creative, but I love it. Um, and just them being create, you know, formed in dark places and, and things like that. I think that's really cool. Um, what is one thing, if you could say one thing, whether it's something that you wish you would have heard or just something that you would say to someone that is currently, you know, they just had an abortion and you would say this one thing to them, what would it be? I am here for you. Mm. And I think that is something that I needed to hear, whether I spoke it or unspoken, but just to know that I have someone that I can trust and that they're there for me. Yeah, absolutely. What is something that you would tell family members or friends of those that have had abortions? What would you tell them? Be there to support them. They don't need the criticism because you can't tell them something that they haven't already thought about themselves. That's good. And so just be there, whether it be to hold them, to have a hand on the shoulder, not to talk, but just to be there. Let your presence be made known that you're there for them. Yeah. And reaffirm them. Let them know that they're not a bad person. Uh That you're still a good person. Yeah. That the decision that you've made doesn't defy who you are. Doesn't define who you are. Absolutely. So, you know, just show up and just sometimes we just, we don't need words. We just need to know that you're there. 
That's really good. I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that. And as you stated in our correspondence before, you know, actually recording, you had said that you believe that not talking about this is causing women to live in shame, feel unworthy, live in isolation, and not reach their potential. And I'm so glad that, you know, my sentiments exactly, and of course your program um, can be a safe and non-judgmental place for women, not just to have these difficult conversations, but to actually heal and grow from them. So um, I just wanna thank you again for your willingness to share your story and to provide insight, encouragement, wisdom on the topic of abortion and to tackle this difficult topic. I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation and I really believe that it is gonna help a lot of people that maybe don't feel like they have anyone in, in their corner to support them. I feel like this episode will be an open door for them to start the conversation at least and maybe family members who um, maybe have a, a relative that has gone through abortion but they haven't known how to go about you know, talking to them or they don't really know what to say. Um, I hope that this this helps them as well. So thank you so much again for for your willingness to come on. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, if I could just say one more thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why I created my platform, because, you know, we all have beliefs, but it's not our job to push our beliefs on someone else. Mm -hmm. And just because you strongly believe that abortion, you know, is a sin, is bad, you know, that doesn't mean you can just push that up on, you know, someone because you never know the situation exactly. and you never know the circumstances. And I always say, you know, never say never, you know, that, that woman who had a divorce, she didn't, you know, think she would ever be in a divorce. You know, the very same woman that says I would never sometimes find right. themselves in the same situation. That is such a, such a good observation. And it's so true. Um, you just have to really be careful in judging people because you never know if you might be in this in a similar situation or maybe someone that's close to you. You may not know that they're in that situation and they are. They just might not have shared it. Um, exactly. So that's that's a really good observation. Um, do you mind uh, sharing where everyone can find you on social media and just to stay connected with what you have what you have going on, your book and all of that? Yes, um, I am on Instagram and Facebook at the T-H-E Latoya Matthews, and that's M-A-T-H-E-W-S. So the Latoya Matthews at Instagram and Facebook. And also you can find the Discovery 31 Day Devotional Journal for Women on Amazon and keep up with me on www.latoyamatthews.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. And again, I really appreciate this conversation. Best wishes to you and your family and to your program. I pray that it just, you know, reaches everyone that you desire to and more um, and that the gems in your community continue to heal and grow. Um, and thank you to everyone for tuning in and make sure that you connect with LaToya on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starter Stick, available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms. 
share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. Hope to hear from you soon.